Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash gray. Now, on to the episode. And I contend that the cry of black power is at bottom a reaction to the reluctance of white power to make the kind of changes necessary to make justice a reality for the Negro. Hi, beautiful people. One quick announcement. I'm wearing my Thinks period underwear right now. I highly recommend. They really change your period game. So click on the link below for my offer code and discount. So during Black Lives Matter, I was definitely in my own head, in my own home, surrounded by my own support circle, trying to figure out how I could approach this in the best way possible as a white woman. In that moment, this young man's name came to me, Elijah McLean. I heard his story and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was calling me to focus in on amplifying the voice of Elijah's mother, Shanine. And I've done everything that I can possibly think of to amplify her voice. This does not make me a hero. This does not put me in the driver's seat of Elijah's narrative. This was simply the bare minimum that I could do as a woman with a platform. And I am so relieved to see that his name is finally getting the nationwide and worldwide attention that he deserves. So God is Gray community, please go follow me at God is Gray every single day on my Instagram stories. I post updates with actionable things that we can do to get justice for Elijah McClain. The most beautiful thing that I've seen is that when I link arms with you all in the God is Great community and fight for justice of any kind, that it is powerful and that it enacts change. I don't know which flap of the butterfly wing helped this story go viral, but it could have been any of you. So today it's on my heart that I want to talk about all the Karens and this has been very difficult for me to research and look into because I don't approach these subjects without emotion. I feel deeply saddened that our country, the country that I also pledged allegiance to, that I grew up in, that I call home, has become a place of such extreme division. And I'm trying to comprehend 
how we've gotten here, and who are the voices that continue to embolden and perpetuate this us versus them mentality. I take issue with a fellow white woman named Ali B. Stuckey. Many of you know that Ali critiqued God is Grey in the past. What I see from Ali is a lot of condescension, a lot of commentary that she views as comedic, but I actually see as incredibly divisive and harmful. And let's change the world by posting a black square. And at the same time, I have to acknowledge that her and I profess to love the same God. Her and I profess to follow the same Jesus. And really coming to terms with that, grappling with it, trying to figure out how that is possible has been a difficult journey for me and continues to be. I believe she's tarnishing the name and image and reputation of God and Jesus. And she believes the same of me. When we talk about Karens, first let's give credit where credit is due. The term Karen originated on black Twitter and is quote, used to describe white women who tattle on black kids lemonade stands. It's this country, the country that you have so much disdain for that allows you the right to speak your mind. It protects your right to be a whiny, indulgent, attention-seeking crybaby. She is a white woman who's not afraid to use her privilege at the expense of others. Karen's defining characteristics are quote, entitlement, selfishness, a desire to complain, and a Karen, quote, demands the world exist according to her standards with little regard for others. It is an anti-American sentiment to say that we all need to conform to one religion and to one way of thinking. This nation was built upon the principle of freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom for a person to be who they are, as long as they are not hurting anyone else. So for everyone watching, it is no secret that someone like Ali or Tommy Lahren, we do not see eye to eye politically at all. Please tell me how you're oppressed. Is it because the black unemployment rate is double what it is for whites, or the homicide rate, or the dropout rate, or the percentage in minority communities on food stamps? In the intro of Ali's show, she highlights a Ronald Reagan quote. And if you listen to my discussion with Jamie Lee Finch, you'll hear that Reagan was the first president to align with the moral majority and help erode the Bill of Rights vow that our nation would separate church from state. The moral majority is instrumental in helping candidates win based on a pro-life, anti-LGBT stance to appease evangelicals, whether or not the candidate is a practicing Christian. On top of this erosion of the First Amendment, Ronald Reagan and his wife Nancy began what was called the War on Drugs in the 1980s. This quote war has led to the us versus them military style approach the police have taken towards marginalized communities who are often stuck in the prison industrial complex for non-violent offenses. With, by the way, no respect for the fact that drug abuse is a disease and not a flaw in character. And this is where my blood begins to boil with Ali. She posted a quote from the controversial Thomas Sowell that reads, if you want to see the poor remain poor, generation after generation, just keep their standards low in their schools and make excuses for their academic shortcomings and personal misbehavior. 
but please don't congratulate yourself on compassion. I'm gonna do my best to break down why this posting is so vile and why, Allie, I believe you can do so much better, especially as a professing Christian. First of all, in this powerful wave of Black Lives Matter, white people were asked to sit down and listen, take in new information and grow. On Ali's platform, you can see that she has instead amplified the few black voices she could find to confirm her pre-existing prejudice against people of color and especially the poor. As for the Sowell quotes, I have a personal view on quote, academic shortcomings. My father taught in inner city Philly for 30 years to black Puerto Rican and Vietnamese students. We, however, live 20 minutes away in a white neighborhood I attended a school that never lacked the basic supplies for my education, including computers for every student. Whereas my dad, a teacher in Philly, had to beg for the funding to provide his students not only one computer for every five kids, but also for pens and paper. So the sheer cruelty of telling your audience that black people in impoverished communities are failing due to, quote, victimhood. Another blind spot in Ali's argument is that she continually aims to pivot the conversation from our fallen black brothers and sisters to push her own agenda, which includes abortion. Ali, I'm well aware of the history of abortion for women of color and that Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist. However, how dare you bring this up in conversation without also bringing up the fact that African-American women are four times as likely to suffer from maternal mortality than Caucasian women, and that there has been no large-scale improvement over the course of 20 years to rectify these conditions. I can't believe you haven't even mentioned the disparity in maternal death rates while talking about how black women need to stop aborting their babies. If your white girlfriends got pregnant and we're dying at these rates, I think you might have a different focus. And this is what Black Lives Matter is all about. If you are truly passionate about saving the lives of the unborn in the black community, then you need to take a nuanced view and you need to acknowledge these maternal death rates and do something about it. Use your privilege, use your platform to champion that change, to protect your black sisters from dying while they're having those children. Because white women are not standing in the gap to save those women's lives. Is that person you? Ali is also big on property damage, which is complicated because again, she seems devoted to pushing her agenda and blaming black people for that destruction in lieu of understanding the why. The unbiased truth is there were peaceful protests where people were attacked by rioting police. There were peaceful police allowing people to riot. But also footage shows that the rioters and looters were of all races, including white people. And if you listen to black voices, including the voice of MLK, riots are self-defeating and socially destructive. You would learn that the vast majority of black people share your view on this. What we're trying to do is stand up for the basic rights of humanity, and we're trying to do it in a peaceful way. Who do not want to go through this anymore? It is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger. It is your duty to fortify your own house 
so that you may be a house of refuge. Tommy Laren is a Karen that I can actually imagine having a civilized conversation with because she listens and occasionally changes her view according to new information, which is something I devote myself to as well. But I believe she owes the world a deep apology for her criticism of Colin Kaepernick. See our buddy Colin decided not to stand for the national anthem because, well, this, he will not stand to show pride in a flag or a country that oppresses black people. She emboldened other white people to hear a peaceful protest as an attack on America. And Colin, if this country disgusts you so much, leave. Which brings us to the MLK quote. A riot is the language of the unheard. Colin's peaceful protest was not an attack on America, but a statement to say this element of America isn't working for black people. They are being killed by police. No one is doing anything about it. Had this peaceful moment been heard, listen to. We could have prevented these riots that you, Ali, are so upset about. Elijah McClain, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others could still be alive had we listened and enacted change. And as Trevor Noah asked Tommy, I don't know how to get a message across. If I march in the streets, people say I'm a thug. If I go out and I protest, people say that it's a riot. If I bend down on one knee, then it's not. What is the right way? That is something I've always wanted to know. What is the right way for a black person to get attention in America? Tommy was unable to answer that question. Ali, why can't you as a mother just settle your spirit, settle your soul, not commit yourself to being on the defense? and actually listen to what people are saying. I need you to understand how, how painful this is. I need you to understand how painful it is. Their children are being murdered in the streets for carrying Skittles, for wearing a runner's mask, for passing a counterfeit $20 bill. You say you're pro-life. It turns out I am too. Ali also harps on criminality in marginalized poor communities, which we can save for another time because again, she won't acknowledge the systems that have led to this oppression, poverty, and over-policing. Here in this interview, she focuses on her demand for equal accountability in the kingdom of God. And it's almost like these white pastors aren't willing to hold black Christians to the same standards of holiness, forgiveness, tenderheartedness, righteousness as they are uh, white Christians. Which seems like a narrative that she straight made up or heard from Candace Owens or something. Because I have not heard one black voice asking for less accountability for black people. Black Lives Matter is simply about advocating for human rights. The last thing I'll say is Karens need love. <laughs> I went hard on you, Ali, because you dish it, so I'm pretty sure you can take it. My last challenge to Ali, Tommy, all my white Christian sisters is to look at this picture of Ruby Bridges. Ruby desegregated a school in New Orleans in 1960 while no one held her hand, while white people called her racial slurs, and where Christian women held signs which used the Bible to justify segregation. Asking ourselves where we would be in that photo is taking a posture of humility that is required of all of us right now. Those Christian women holding those segregationist signs had a huge blind spot. We need to make sure as followers of Jesus that we are on the right side of history with this one. That picture was taken in 1960. Both of my parents were alive. It is naive 
for us to imagine that we don't have the remnants of white supremacy. That does not say you're a bad person, but you need to be honest. Ali, you and I are the same age. We grew up with 100% white movie stars. When I shopped for dolls and Barbies, I actually wanted a black Barbie doll and it was hard to find. And I, my whole life, have been worshiping the image of a white Jesus. Jesus was Middle Eastern. That is incredibly clear from the text that we both love and share. What the world is asking of us right now is to acknowledge the truth of those things, to ask ourselves how differently we may have perceived the world had that Barbie aisle represented women of all colors, shapes, and sizes. How different might we have seen our faith and people of color if our savior had been accurately portrayed. So in conclusion, yes, I'm upset if I continue to see these posts, I will continue to be upset. I have been walking around my house and talking to my partner about, okay, how do I love this woman? How do I have compassion for this woman? Because I know that's what I must do. And I am committed to that growth. If we could stop creating all this divisiveness, which, Ali, you perpetuate so often, you could help me grow. You could help me be less lawless and less ruleless because I can tell you love rules and let's be honest, I don't like them so much. The point of our walk in faith is to be iron that sharpens iron. Instead, we're like two swords battling each other and we're getting nowhere. So let's rise to this challenge. Let's continue to advocate for compassion, grace, humility, and let's focus for the love of God, literally for the love of God. Let's focus. What is being shown to us is that our black brothers and sisters are in pain. They're asking us to look at something in a brand new way. And the least we can do, the very least we can do, is give an ear to that, give an eye to that, and look on with compassion and figure out how we can champion change. And that's it. I love you guys so much. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends, donate to my Patreon or Venmo if you can. Please continue following the Elijah McLean story. I have a whole page on my site devoted to justice for Elijah McLean. Every day on Instagram, I will share actionable things that we can do to get justice for him and his mother, Shanine. I love you all so much. God bless.